Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nads United, podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Mr. Fernandes, and... I am Chris Jaiwarna. Hello. And we're bringing you one heck of a note, which is the second episode in the fifth season of Laverne and Shirley. Uh, directed by Joel Zwick, who will be write, uh, writing, who will be directing a lot of this season's episodes. And written by Jeff Franklin. And we're going to bring up some facts about them later on in the podcast, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got quite a good, some interesting, some interesting little factoids and a little quote from Joel Zwick. Yeah. We're really excited to talk about them. Uh, here's what the episode's about. Laverne and Shirley are cleaning their apartment one afternoon when a moved stove reveals what appears to be an old but passionate smush note from Carmine to Laverne. Shirley goes apoplectic, and Laverne has to explain that she and Carmine tentatively tried to date. Secretly, and behind Shirley's back while she was helping Terry Buttafuoco with an upcoming birth of some puppies during one of Carmine and Shirley's season two era open relationship semi breaks. While the passion between Carmine and Laverne flamed out really quickly, Shirley's still filled with anger that it even flared at all. Can the girl's friendship be saved? What do you think of this episode? Hey, future me, you're going to play a clip. It stinks! <laughs> uh. <laughs> Okay, that that maybe is putting it a little too harshly. Uh, there are some things I liked about the episode. There are some really cute things about the episode. The, even with this very misguided, I I guess like I find this concept to be incredibly misguided. But that being yeah. said, it's still there. There's there's some good there, there's some good stuff in there. I guess what I mean is it's better executed than this concept usually is. Because yeah. the you know infidelity plots are just not my favorite anyway. There are sometimes I can yeah. find it to work just as intrigue and etc. You know, I mean, I, I love film noir and a lot of film noir is about adultery. But yeah, yeah this is this was weird. It was almost you know, yeah. I give Carmine a lot of crap, but this felt yeah. out of character for him. Yeah. Uh, this is a really uncomfortable episode. Uh, coming at this point in canon after Carmine surely have. Uh, gone so far as to solidify the relationship over the past season and you had that whole big thing Shirley and the older man about how you know they were getting closer and all this stuff and then we get this plot where it turns out that Carmine and Laverne thought they were crazy about each other and the nebulous time frame here really doesn't do anybody any favors because is this when Carmine was with Lucille is this after Lucille um, is this when Carmine and Shirley were seeing each other on and off, but this is one of their infamous breaks? I have no idea what the time frame is for this, and the audience reacts in the here and now to seeing this kind of betrayal. Basically, it really is a betrayal of Laverne to Shirley by horrified gasping. Mm-hmm. There's so much horrified gasping. In this episode, and mm-hmm. it's justified in a lot of yeah. ways. At this point, like, um, in canon, uh, Carmine and Laverne really don't work. Uh, it works better in season eight when there's basically nobody else there but them. Uh, here, uh, it's just it's just uncomfortable. Everything about this episode is just discomforting yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, because, like- you know... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, regarding like the audience reaction, like there's some people that like are kind of hooting and hollering a bit at first. Yeah. 
And then when yeah. you hear it die down, and it dies down probably because the kiss goes on for so long, especially yeah. the second kiss, to the point yeah. where it gets to be like, okay, this isn't like this isn't funny anymore. This isn't just a cute little mistake. And like when they see the yeah. rea- like the reality of it, kind of hits them like the sober cold, you know, sober cold water bucket. Like, yeah, ugh, it's it's a, yeah. it's very strange in that regard. And and also the. Yeah, my my mom, you know, when watching this episode, I kind of warned her, like, you're gonna be you're gonna be a little upset at this one. And she goes, her comment was, Oh, it's one of those episodes to get people to watch. Like, oh no, she's dating Carmine and she's he's cheating on Shirley. That's how they get you. And it I like how she even put she even remarked, I would have ended it as maybe it was just all a dream, you know, or some Mm -hmm. something misremembered. Like, you know, just the Rashomon thing, you know, where Mm -hmm. Carmine remembers it as something more than it really was because he was dealing with, you know, stuff with Shirley, which would actually help mm-hmm. elevate his character and his own like insecurities and things like that and make him this kind of more yeah. endearing, you know, character. But yeah, it's complex. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it, there's, it doesn't, it goes for very much the cheap sitcom, it, like a little bit Three's Company, a little bit, you know, just, I really just any sitcom. A lot of sitcoms did this kind of crap, yeah. you know, especially ones that were meant yeah. for older audiences, which this, episode is obviously geared toward yeah yeah the big issue with this is that the girls relationship is paramount whenever we have had a man attempt to come between them ultimately they realize the friendship is paramount here laverne deliberately puts carmine over shirley and they're sneaking around trying to make sure she never finds out consumed by guilt they think they're crazy about each other and it's just, it's an incredibly uncomfortable experience. It really, really is just so uncomfortable. I don't know if it's the chemistry between Penny and Eddie, which normally works just fine. If it's the uh, overselling of the love-hate thing, I don't know what it is. But man, just even re-watching those, it's like having your skin just crawl yeah. a little bit. Uh, no insult to our Carmine Laverne-loving followers. Uh, Chris will eventually understand why you are into them later when we get to California. But I, I don't know. Jury's out. I, I, yeah. I'm, I am being, yeah. I'm being, I'm yeah. being nice about it. But you know, it's, it's. We'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Yeah. I, I get to be yeah. the one to change my mind or not, and I could decide yeah. to be cruel. I can decide to be merciful. Anyway, but uh, you know, as as you're also pointing out, you know, the chemistry is part of it. I was kind of boggled by how. Eddie here also sort of shows an interesting flaw in Carmine as a, in the way that he physically is portrayed. And it feels very directly. This is also kind of intentional, which I wonder if this is one reason why they really didn't want to, you know, it, it's not maybe the reason why, but it's an example of how they didn't want to pull the trigger on Carmine and Shirley. This is the item that's going to be forever. And they wanted to create this. Will they, won't they back and yeah. forth push pull as, as you really well yeah. put it. He's not yeah. passionate with the way yeah. he kisses women. He is pervy about women. He's attracted to women. But you notice that like when his with his encounters with Shirley, and I wonder if this is why, like in the case of like date with a racer head, I kind of like could relate to his I could relate to his situation and also feel like you're an asshole for going out, you know, with other girls at the, at, about it is yeah. he lets Shirley lead. Yeah. And that, and I don't think that's a bad thing. This is, you know, all relationships are kind of different. And sometimes they're even in states of flux, like, you know, like ours is kind of back and forth. Sometimes I lead, sometimes you lead. It's, it's a, it's a partnership. Yeah. 
Exactly. And it feels like with Eddie, the way that Carmine is portrayed, the way he's playing Carmine, which is partly writers, partly directors, and partly him, the chemistry with Laverne has no passion to me. And it also kind of made me realize how hollow some of the passion is even with with uh, Cindy, with Shirley. Hmm. And where... That's I guess, Because, like, he's very physically attractive and he's very physically fit. So, you know, I mean, there is something kind of exciting about, you know, like, when... I guess... Here's, I guess, what my, my point is. Think of how, like, in The Bachelor Party, he, yeah. he cradles Shirley and he holds her yes. in his arms. And it's so, like, I'm rescued... You know, it he completely sobers up in an instant and white you know it does the white knight thing and rescues the damsel here yeah. i don't see that type of warmth out of him this yeah. time yeah they're kind of going for blatant erotic chemistry like if laverne carmine just fucked once to be frank <laughs> i'm allowed one f word i'm allowed one f word out of pg-13 uh if they screwed just one time and got this out of their systems everything would be fine but they don't. So, because uh, as a couple, when they try to do actual coupley things, that's just not the two of them palling around. They immediately dissolve into childish bickering, and you can compare the childish bickering the two of them have in a dating situation to the childish bickering Laverne and Lenny have. To bring that up for a reason, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Obviously, no kidding. Okay, but you can compare the two different kinds of chemistry here, and look at it and see that with other guys, Laverne can have this like childish, like brawling, beery chemistry with them, and yet the tenderness and the camaraderie is still there with Carmine. It reads as if she just wants to have hate sex with him and then, you know, discard him. Almost. Mm -hmm. Again, apologize to our shipping friends. But this is how it reads in this specific episode to me. It's like, you don't, you don't get a sense that there is um, uh, something binding there, something interesting, something that kind of pops that might make them look at each other and see something different in each other. If that yep. makes any sense. Yeah. And uh, exactly. <laughs> and it's a, it makes a lot of sense because the, the, you basically have, I, I think what further furthers that is from one of my notes is the way Shirley in the situation is made into the bumbling fool, not seeing the, the affair that's possibly coming. Yeah. And yeah. It's it's kind of the same as like the old joke of like the very obliviously cuckolded husband, and yeah. you know it's like it's like okay so it's uh, you know it, that's kind of you can again this is a case if you can do these ideas well in ways that are interesting especially if like the punchline is you know they're told and they're like oh that's fine you know and they have no problem yeah. with it and they oh you know and then segue into a polyamory you know uh, situation <laughs> which is. Which is, you know, can be cute, can be funny, yeah. can be whatever. Yeah. This this is just like every like pretty much every facet of this doesn't really it doesn't always it doesn't completely work. You know, yeah. I it, <sighs> yeah. It doesn't really gel. The problem is that it doesn't gel and it doesn't gel because the they're asking the audience uh to look at this, believe that this happened. And believe that Laverne kept this secret from Shirley for years. 
Well, she and Carmine are getting closer again. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the even bigger problem here. The the betrayal takes on a different note when you realize, wow, she's had this whole this secret in the back of her head. She doesn't even consider it a big deal, but she knows to surely the princess living in the castle, hoping to that, that her Doctor White Knight will ride up with a uh, medical degree in one hand and a wedding ring in the other thinks of romance and thinks of romance with Carmine in an entirely different way. Right. So it's hard to sympathize with Laverne here. Yeah. It really is hard to sympathize with her. She does not come off well in this. Even though the only saving grace is that the two of them are incredibly consumed with guilt in the beginning when the whole situation is going down. That's the only saving grace. And then in the end, they don't even feel guilty enough about it to, uh, come clean to Shirley until they get caught. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a major crushing Catholic guilt as well. As yeah. Out. yeah. Major crushing Catholic guilt going on there. Uh, if this were later in the 60s, they probably just would have had sex and that would have been the end of it. And then they would have had to argue about whether or not it counted because apparently Carmine and Shirley are seeing each other, but on a break, but it makes no sense really. I tried to figure out where in season two, early season two, this could have taken place because right at the beginning of season two, Carmine, once again, is dating Lucille. So it doesn't mm-hmm. make any re- any reverse canonical sense at all. Right. And if you further, really think about the episode. Furthermore, yes. as we discussed through season one, he dumps her in dating slump. Like, yeah. they date, but they are not steady at that point anymore. And, yeah. you know, so that means he is, both of them are free to, you know, seek greener pastures elsewhere. And that's when you're on that separation period, you know, the rules kind of work differently. And if that's part of the framing of, you know, again, this is the weird element. This kind of, this seems to kind of come up, right? With whenever we discuss these episodes that are very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Controversial. Crappy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess what I mean is like the, the, the ones that are, that have these sort of kind of, kind of, there's room here to see growth. There is room to see these characters have real moments. And because of the situation and because of the sitcom and the medium, the limitations of that, they are not allowing that to take place. We talked about this with date with a racer head. We talked about this with Laverne's crush and other episodes, you know, many other episodes that I've either I've had issue with. I mean, even like, like we even said, like to some extent with bully show, that could have been an interesting, you know, dynamic of Squiggy wanting to let, you know, the guy have his way and Lenny being yeah. defending, defending the situation, you know, defending Laverne basically yeah. and like yeah. trying to do everything he can to stop it. Or the boys realize what's going to happen and both of them are trying to stop it and they're like trying to get they're such bumbling idiots that it turns it even more of a fiasco in the process, you yeah. know. The, and the so there's ideas not to, because what that says about them is like about limits or in this case, what it yeah. says is. Surely having to confront, as you're saying, she has this dream of something and then there's a reality of something else. And what this sort of says, the fact that she gets so mad, surely is having to confront how important Carmine really is to her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you keep hoping this is going to lead somewhere. And then, you know. The, the, pro- the show's problem is that it needs to lead somewhere. All of these feelings need to lead somewhere. They need to get exclusive or they need to break up permanently. 
at some point. And the show just yo-yos and yo-yos and yo-yos up and down. It's just, uh... Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, goodness. But yeah, so does, does yeah, that kind of cover exactly. our... Uh, does that kind of cover our... Um, initial thoughts? Initial thoughts, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're we're trying to ex- experiment a little bit with uh, structure a bit here, ladies and gents, and other persons of I don't know. We have we probably have squid people that that watch the show now, right? We're beaming this out into space. Yeah, yeah, yes, possibly, possibly indeed. To to any any uh, cephalopod, um, you know, creatures, you know, first of all, uh, bow down before the Almighty Cthulhu who sleeps in eternally. Um, and uh, second of all, thank thank you, thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Please leave us comments and subscribe. Anyway, um. <laughs> So one of the things that I also find interesting about the background of this episode, and this gets us to kind of details on writer, director, and any actors for this week. This episode was written by Jeff Franklin. And Jeff Franklin, as we've discussed before, is the Full House guy. This was, he wrote many episodes of the show. It's the second of 13 episodes for the show. Uh, So he has 11 more to go. He also was a producer on this ser- this part of the series and kept up until about early season seven was when he left. This is the interesting thing I did not realize about Jeff Franklin. In 2019, uh, the Hollywood Reporter revealed details of a probe by Warner Brothers that uh, Franklin had accusations of sexual harassment in the workplace. Oh, dear. Uh, from the oh wiki- I'm going to mention so okay so so just a couple of you know quick content warning for anybody that we are going to discuss this um because I want to discuss this a bit in detail because it, it's kind of it's it's all telling you know apparently staffers on Fuller House commented that Frank would talk about orgies he had had over the weekend and claimed that Franklin had his assistant request that all the writers come to his mansion and were reminded multiple times to bring their bikinis oh dear he would also complain about having to hire directors who were women also persons of color, expressing preference for male writers, apologizing to his staff for not dating Jewish women, and describing female directors as all the same and making sexualized comments. Ooh. Oh, my. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Oh, no. So as much as we also... And so this is the interesting thing about this, is that despite him being ousted from Fuller House for these allegations of uh, misconduct... And apparently just toxic workplace environment in general. He still is credited as producer on that show because it's continuing to keep going without him. So it's just it's a weird thing. But it's like when I put that into context, it, it was like, OK, this makes a little bit of sense that this guy would be the one who lands the writing credit for an episode like this. Because it's, you know, it's trying to yeah. play these elements off as a laugh. And especially for people of today's sensibilities, that ain't funny. Yeah. 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 So Yeah, it is messy. That is messy and ugly in, in a way, yeah. Yeah, you can see that uh that all connects back into everything else. And uh awful. Yep. Awful, 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 terrible. Now thankfully the on the flip side, the director of this week's episode is the uh is Joel Zwick, who has Yay. had no allegations as far as we know against him. <laughs> has been pretty his Bless pretty cool dude. Uh if I yeah. recall actually, he even though I have a quote here that it's a little insensitive ableist origin uh of or uh, ableist or original phrasing the way he put this. 
But he talks about, you know, we discussed in the prior episode to this about Shotgun Wayne and the big major collaboration that Zwick made the jump from acting to directing sitcoms. Uh, It's quoted as saying, you know, he in this article that we'll link in the the description below from Binge and Blog. He ended up getting his first TV directing gig by telling the head lady of ongoing production at Paramount, listen, I've never directed a situation comedy in my life, but I've been watching, in my estimation, a monkey can direct sitcoms. I can talk to actors and I can talk to writers. You ought to give me a shot. There was a word that I I blipped out of there. Don't use the R word, kids. But but definitely this is, you know, it's a cool example, though, at least of, of Joel's like. I, I can do it. It's it's simple, right? I yeah. can talk to actors. I can talk to yeah. writers. You got to give me a shot. And it's yeah. led to a rather incredibly prolific career that is currently yeah. still going, actually. Yeah. But, um, I wonder, to an extent, just given like how, because this is what I'm trying to get at. I wonder to what extent Joel looked at this script, this script himself and was like, you know, communicated it the best he could, but like either added those touches as we're saying that made things awkward, like it doesn't really work. So it kind of telegraphs the twist at the end or yeah. I I don't know. I'm just, I'm curious. Do, do you have any thoughts about that? I don't know if he looked at that and just like, Oh gee, I can see this and I'll try to get around it. But I don't know. I don't know. It, I, once again, you have to look at the writer's room culture for the show. You look at the writer's room culture for the show, you look at the basic on-set culture of the show, period, and you go, oh, yeah, this, that, things like that, like, something the cracks ended up on screen, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, like, uh, go ahead, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, was I making sense? I was gonna ask if I was making sense because I was trying to. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it it connects, yeah, because it's there, yeah. People just, I don't know, people are weird. We're 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 zonked out there, ladies and germs, boils and ghouls. We're uh, uh, everybody's just a little bit zonked, but I have energy. I'm alive. I'm alive. Damn it. Alive. Unlike the relationship on display in this episode. <laughs> yes, everybody's romantic relationship is dead except for Shirley and Carmine's, which I guess is continues to thrive in its unwholesome way. As we go <laughs> I love that phrasing of that. It's wholesomely unwholesome if you really think about the Shirley Carmine relationship, in which they have like sweet, chaste affection for each other to a degree. We do know they they cruise the side streets of Smut City. But on the other hand, they do all this nonsense to each other. It's all nonsense. Yep. There's so much nonsense. It's a titanic amount of nonsense. This is an example of the nonsense. So, just, yeah. Yep. That's why they drive me crazy sometimes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, uh, for trying to figure out so let's see so we don't have a hello gag to call out for this episode no, sadly we do however have a apparently deleted scene that either died in rehearsals or actually made it to the air and is not in the syndicated dvd slash dvd cut version of this episode uh lenny and squiggy show up at meckler's where shirley is demonstrating appliances in lieu of um Terry Bonifuco being home with her schnoodle puppies. And apparently something happens where she gets utterly covered in mud. Thanks to the boys. Uh, these stills exist on Getty. I don't know if the scene exists, but 
they were involved in this episode. They just the the version that we have on the DVD does not include them. Right, that seems to be the case. Yeah. <coughs> CBS, say <coughs> CBS, <coughs> CBS for screwing us. <laughs> uh, so so we've we've discussed a lot of where. A lot, of, a lot of the weaknesses of the episode. What, what are some strengths? What do we like about this one? Uh, let me think. I really, uh, I like that moment where Shirley comes in and their little Dale Evans doodads going, yippee-go, kaya. That, that's cute. Oh, it is. Yes. I like the way Penny and Eddie portray the heavy, heavy guilt they're feeling. And the stupid lengths Laverne tries to go to to protect Shirley from the situation. Um... I like their escalating argument during their attempt at a romantic dinner. Mm, mm-hmm. Squat dancer and her uh, being droopy. And <laughs> I don't love you. I don't love you either. <laughs> That's yep. funny. And uh, the crowd actually, goes wild. Yeah. Crowd lost applauding at that, which says it all really sadly. Sadly, in this particular episode, that says a lot. Just in this particular yeah. episode. Yep. Yeah, I, I have many things that I uh, definitely and this is because this is going to be weird when we get to the ranking is that I still had stuff I liked about this episode. Like yeah. I like spraying the L on the fridge and then the creative use of the hiney, you know, <laughs> I love that. Oh, that was adorable. And like the and like the uh, the when they, oh, yeah. Frosted well, then the that fridge <laughs> and the uh, the. Uh, Oh, that's right. Right. It's like if you keep rubbing your hiney like that, you'll uh, what is it? You'll defrost it or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Line. Yeah. She defrost the fridge. She'll defrost the fridge with her hiney. And um, <laughs> and then the oven, the uh, no one goes back there aside from the cockroaches. Well, they deserve a clean home, too. And which is yeah. just just so I, surely Shirley's animal love thing. That's, uh, you know, that this yeah. her absolute adoration for animals and just yeah. like they must, you know, they're precious creatures that must be protected yeah. at all costs. I am yeah. adoring it so far this season. I love it. It's very pronounced this season. It's more pronounced than it was last season. I did notice that. Mm-hmm. At least in the early portion of it. Definitely. That's, that's very cute. Well, that's, so that's what you like. That's what you've liked so far. So far, that's what you like for this episode. I like the little flashback where we first see Edna in her old season two hair. I was about to yes. mention. Yep. I love that they bothered to darken Phil's hair for the scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. But they did not bother to have him shave his mustache for the week. Yeah. Which is a choice. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Definitely. It's a choice. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot. And I guess that's the thing is there's these little like actor gestures that really make this come alive. Like, as you were saying with the, um, you know, with, with uh, Frank and Edna, there's those little looks, the, uh, it's like, Oh, she's not my type. And then, you know, the, yeah. she orders the, and then she does the pizzas thing. And she's just kind of a little lean. And then is the way that Phil gets that look on his face, you know, that it yes. morphs into like, I, I'd say like, Oh yeah, it's, that's, that's it. <laughs> And I, I love that when I was watching this with my mother, the, uh, uh, you know, the, <laughs> we watched that scene. She made, she made like, eh, eh, shoving gestures of the two of them. Like, get together, you two, you crazy kids. Oh, that's so sweet. And, uh, and then, uh, and her commenting that Edna was gorgeous, like just before Frank goes, hi, is <laughs> so cute. <laughs> it, it really shows also, I think Betty and and Phil just had incredible chemistry that I, I don't think we talk about enough to be honest you know we we brought it up in making up and breaking up but god they're so cute together they really are they really are they really are adorable i loved 
when she looked at him and the line is, I'm a sucker for big mustaches. That's adorable. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's cute. Yep. And she was all uh, heck. And that's apparently just after Edna took over the building, which we don't get to see actually happen on screen in season two. But yes. Oh, really? No, it doesn't. It's a, she just happens to show up in the apartment one day, if I remember correctly. That's what happens in the episode. Yeah. She I mean, I shows that. up. Just... She comes down collect the wow. rent and talks about everything going on with Lenny and Squiggy. Gosh. Ah, oh, sitcoms. I mean, I, God, I remember that as if that was only a year ago. <laughs> and when it, um, when this episode comes out, it's going to be two years ago. <laughs> yeah. So close, 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 close. We're getting there. Um, okay. So I, I have a question though. When we were talking about strengths and weaknesses. So yes, this is the hate sex episode. Instead of Shirley and Squiggy, I feel denied <laughs> and I, do possibly want a refund. What about you? <laughs> On the negative side, God, this episode makes both Carmine and Laverne look terrible. Mm-hmm. And not even in a way that's properly redeemed because Carmine's like, oh, I don't remember any of this. No, this happened to me. There was a note. I don't remember thinking I was crazy about this woman and wanting to dip dip my elbow in her spaghetti so to speak to use a phrase um i mean it was insulting. was it his elbow or was it his or was it his hand it was laverne's hand it was laverne's whole hand in the pasta that's right and that was tr- treated as a moment of flirtation yeah and like and then he's and he sucks the fingers in the most yeah that, sh- that yeah. should be sexy and it's not yeah, and her fingers are in his mouth, and uh, yeah, I, for some reason I couldn't stop thinking of like her hands being sweaty and germ filled, like from cooking over a hot <laughs> stove. It just, it was, I it's know. like I, and it's weird. Like I'm, well, okay, you know what? Okay, that's gonna get into TMI territory. <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> Let's just go into the M territory. Let's just right into the M territory. Um, I was going to say uh, that. It's hard to know how reasonable Shirley's reaction is without knowing what the exact time frame of this episode takes place in. If it's taking place around Drive, she said, or around the first couple episodes of season two, which is right around when Edna is introduced, then she really doesn't have any reason to be mad at him because he's dating Lucille. Lucille should be mad at Laverne. Mm-hmm. Like... Well, yeah, I know it's would... just a, a jiggle relationship there, but still. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I apologize. I, I was literally just going to say, but that would give Lucille agency, and this is Laverne and Shirley. We can't do that. <laughs> it's horrible. I, I am Poor I am Lucille. joking, by the way. That, that Lucille. Ca- yeah, I mean, as much as I didn't like the character of Lucille at the same time, she deserved better. Yeah. She could have been written with more thought. There needed yep. to be more thought applied here, and instead she's just like the easy, uh, the easy, horny, divorcee, rich chick type, and it's just uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's so much about this that doesn't work because we cannot get solid grounding. Carmine and Shirley are so on and off that it's hard to know how committed they are when we go when we go from episode to episode. The commitment level keeps changing so Shirley can go out on dates with other guys. And I understand why they want Shirley to go out on dates with other guys. It's hard to know how invested we're supposed to be in Carmen and Shirley's relationship. Like, the audience 
is horrified for a reason, though. They are invested in the relationship. They're invested. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people I know are invested, but the show desperately needed consistency. And it needed consistency when it, specifically when it came to this relationship. They should have just been building toward an eventual marriage, which would have helped by the time we get deeper in the show. They should have just uh, you know, pulled, the, pulled the trigger. It feels like this episode, you know, because I, I give, obviously I give Carmine a lot of crap and I, it's, it's become a bit of a joke, you know, and, and when we do like face reveals, we'll probably eventually do a, a meme of, you know, say the thing, Bart. Um, but uh, this really just feels like an episode that the writers let him down. It doesn't feel like Carmine's yeah. a jerk. It, it's really just yeah. that they had an opportunity because I would have even been more on board with this premise if Laverne was crazy about Carmine and Carmine was not crazy about her. And he wrote the note just to kind of like help her feel better and be kind of, you know, sympathetic or, you know, pitying at least, which is not okay in its own right either. But at the, you know, because it would have been him leading her on. But at the same time, that's also very Carmine, you know, that he would be the kind of, you know, dumbass that, you know, he means well and kind of makes a mistake, which he does often with Shirley. Even he, I mean, he, you know, think of, yeah. I mean, think of the log, think of the 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 electric log thing. He's trying to get yeah. the nice yeah, romantic yeah. campfire, and it's it's the most boring thing. Yeah. But he was trying, you know. It, it's yes, yeah. And so it it fails exactly. So it fails him. It fails Laverne. It fails. It just yeah. It's it's yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's the writing. A lot of it is the writing. The incredibly inconsistent writing. Yep. That is the problem. I was even trying to look up if, you know, Jeff Franklin had written like other episodes we weren't, you know, fond of. And like, I actually looked up his credits and it was like, oh, no, these were actually ones that were that were good. I'm actually going to have to relook them up again. Future me might have to edit this. There were a Uh, lot of good Lenny and Squiggy episodes he wrote. And I don't know how much of that is David and Michael punching up dialogue, but there were a lot of good Lenny and Squiggy episodes. Uh, Yeah, he wrote. uh, Yeah, Jeff Franklin also wrote Fire Show, which is another yeah. Oh, it's another one of the two girls fighting. So he did the bigger episodes because yeah. he also did you, You've Pushed Me Too Far, which I know enough about to know where that's going. It's exciting. I love that episode. I cannot wait to show you that episode. We'll, we'll be watching it soon. Very soon. Okay. As a matter good. of fact. Good, good, good. You're going to like it, I hope. Not good. So, hmm. Yeah. But, uh,. Anyway, I'm. I feel like there's other stuff I wanted to bring up. I mean, I, there's a lot of like face. As I mentioned, like facial gestures, I love. There's a great uh, the moment when you know there's squirrely, squealy Shirley on the attack, and I, I felt there was like yeah. this very pulp art open mouth scream when she's being pinned down yeah. by Laverne. I mean, it's like yeah. those because yeah. that's the weird thing. I mean, we're gonna get to the rankings, and as much as you know, I'm still trying to figure out a number because there's those little things yeah. that are kind of cool, that are kind of cute, that are kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just that work for me. I want to specifically mention some nice wardrobe things here. Yes. I love Laverne's pink Angora sweater. Oh, yeah. It's so nice. I love that pink Angora sweater. I love Shirley's dress uh, when she comes in the pizza bowl. There's a lot of really nice uh, Shirley wardrobe pieces in this episode. When she goes back from her date with Carmine, that's really lovely. she's wearing a really lovely outfit as well. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that. Everybody looks really nice in this specific episode. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the makeup, yeah. hair, and wardrobe were really on top of things yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, In Laverne's general, dress. Oh, I was just going to quickly say Laverne's dress during the uh, dinner. That is uh-huh. one of my favorite dresses she's worn on the show. To be honest, it's a cute dress. Uh, it's going to surface in a much sadder capacity by the end of the season. Oh God! I will just say that. 
I won't reveal what the sad reason is, but we will get there. Oh, no. Oh! Did you notice how 70s Car- Carmine's collar is when he goes on his date with Laverne? Oh, yeah. They were not paying attention to the collars on those men's shirts at all. Nope. I don't know why. Were they just buying off the rack or what? They couldn't have been buying off the rack. It's, it's no possible. It's possible. I, I also wonder, I mean, to what extent for television, and they had to deal with um, sponsorship deals for clothing. Because, yeah. you know, in the 60s, 50s and 60s, you know, that would be a Hollywood thing, right? You know, dresses by blah, 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 you know, and even in the 70s. I mean, you know, El Chipo Pam Greer movies would still have uh, her dresses or outfits would be yeah. provided by a company that probably put some money into the production. And I'm kind of curious if that was an, another way, because, you know, the, the seasons are getting bigger. They're getting more expensive yeah. and they get bigger. You know, sometimes they get pretty big uh, guest stars coming up pretty soon. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just pulling that out my ass, but I'm just I'm curious though. Like to what extent those motivated some of those decisions either, because what I mean is it gets you access to good stuff, but if they have something they want you to push, you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Well, I have two bits of information when it comes to that. I know first of all, that a lot of the wardrobe, the girls wore were apparently stock pieces in the Paramount wardrobe department from a story Penny told about uh, going through and finding a monogram sweater when she was trying to figure out what Laverne looked like. And she said, well, we do this with an L on it. So people will you know, see that L, see the shorthand for Laverne, and you won't have to have Cindy constantly calling me Laverne all the time. Dialogues right. that people will catch on. The other thing I was going to mention is shout out to Joy, who's Squigeni on Twitter and on YouTube, researched the sneakers that Squiggy wears all the time in the show, which everybody thought were Converse's. They weren't. They're generic shoes. So apparently there was some effort not to wear trademark stuff. Ah. Brand name stuff on the show. That's, yeah. that, I found that fascinating. Because the, the Squiggy YouTube channel is absolute treasure trove of stuff. It is. It really is. So it's going to work. So yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely yeah. give that a look, and that's that is really interesting to hear. I mean, the generic is having been the independent filmmaker. Yeah, generic is the way to go. You just you feel more yeah. you feel more comfortable because it's always about how high profile everything yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's also about not getting sued. You don't want to get sued. You only get sued for using a trademark by mistake. So yep. that's the best thing to do. Yep. That is the best thing to do. But uh, yeah. let's see. It was God. There was one more. Okay, yeah, I'm glad I found this note. It's kind of buried because I my notes were done in a bit of a haphazard form this week. Um, mm-hmm. Did Carmine call her a Bucky Beaver? Bucky, Bucky, Bucky Beaver because of her teeth. I was thinking, yeah, let's call him Squat Dancer. So it kind of evens out. True, <laughs> he true. So his, his legs look like he'd been stretched behind a pony, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, that was a yeah. good one. Oh, uh, God. Once more, I feel uh, as if he is, he looks more like a thug than a dancer. So him, yeah. you know, uh, the, the boxing thing made more sense. Anyway. Yeah, yeah but it, we know he can dance. We know he can dance. We know he can sing. I blame and don't blame the show for overexposing that part of his talent. So, because oh, God, yeah. there are time. Yeah. Eddie Mecca, extremely talented, extremely talented. But Carmine should not be entering funerals dancing because it start it starts to look ridiculous even beyond a sitcom level. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I saw I saw the clip and my jaw just hit the fracking floor. 
my favorite is that he always does this when he's doing a guest spot on Happy Days. He comes dancing into a gang rumble. He comes dancing into a funeral. Uh, on Blansky's Beauties, they literally had him as a completely different character, but as Carmine's cousin, Joey DeLuca, turning backflips during a custody case. <laughs> was it when he was it when the custody cu- case was won? It was when he was supposed to go up to testify. It's just not a good look. I'm actually glad it's my microphone is in the way of me hitting my forehead on the desk right now. <laughs> I'll show you the clip because uh, another one of our uh, viewers has clipped that bit from Blansky's beauties. I'll show you that clip later today. But yeah, Ooh. yeah, that keeps happening. That happens over and over again. I, I get that. Gary was 100% behind him and rallying for him and trying to get him to become uh, a popular face with the fans, but there's a line that should be established where your character isn't running around looking like a dork, basically, in public at a funeral, dancing like you're in a Jerome Jerome Robbins musical. Right. (laughs) Yeah, the line. Oh, wow, good, good, uh, good pull there. Yeah, Jerome Robbins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just, it just, sorry, it just made me flash back to the first time I ever tried watching uh, West Side Story, and yeah. and it was the, the guys walking around, snap the fingers, and it's like it's yeah. oh, the back in the days when you could do that and not be gay, and they all pirouette like oh. two seconds later. It's like oh, never mind. <laughs> I love West Side Story. <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie. Okay, just just for clarification, I, I was fiv- I was fifteen. This was almost twenty years ago. It'll be twenty years ago by the time this episode comes out. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We all have our changing opinions. We all have our changing opinions. Yeah, no, I I adore them. I got to see a seventy millimeter print of that thing. It was incredible. Um, oh God! But I envy you so much. Oh my God! I love that movie. That's yeah, one of oh, my was... that's one of my bonding movies with my father. We both love that movie. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. Yeah, I love the I love those yeah. Bondy movies. Anyway, sorry, uh, d- d- distracted. Yeah, distracted. yeah. I was going to mention the speech Laverne gives Carmine about how sometimes when you're close to your friends, you get confused sexually and thinking that you have chemistry or something. That's kind of worse than the speech she gives Lenny about friends being forever and Lenny's crush, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's like, Jesus. In this episode, they're kind of merciless about squashing the ship. It's yeah. like super merciless. And this is after seasons of her feeling Carmine up and being sexually attracted. But here they say, well, the sexual attraction is only because they're confusing uh, their anger and their friendship with lust. And then it ends with her insulting him on the phone. You know, you guys don't even get that. I don't think she's good enough for him uplift. So it's kind of bad. Yeah. It's mean almost in a way after all that rigmarole. Almost. Right. And as you know, so, you know, I will say like I've, you know, it, this is the anecdote, the quick anecdote. And because, because the fact my girlfriend is my co-host, I will be careful with how mm-hmm. I fr- phrase this. Um, the, there have been, obviously there've been like work colleagues is, you know, I, I direct indie movies. You're going to come across really pretty people and you hit it off and you have little bits of chemistry and you're like, yeah, you know, but I, I had a policy. I've always had a policy that I, I don't date people that I potentially will like work with in that type of capacity. I, I just, yeah. I can't do that. And yeah. there were a few times when I thought of like women that I, I knew that I worked with that I wondered if that would be like the exception. And one, like, to be honest, was pretty darn close. You know, this was, you know, pre uh, dating Lisa, but uh-huh. there was a point when, with some of them, I realized that the attraction was either 
it's not necessarily was it misread. It was more of like starting to like to understand it just wouldn't work out. It's like being able to look forward into the future and yeah. think about, oh, damn, I bumped my microphone. It was about looking into the future and understanding what that future meant and be able yeah. to realize, you know, being honest with yourself. And I don't like, it feels too simple of an answer for them to just be confusing the friendship and anger with lust as you're, as, you know, as, and, yeah. and it very eloquently yeah. put, I think, but it's, but on top of that as well, or in addition to, it feels as if it's the cheap way out of the situation, which is, which is unfortunate because, you know, this is yeah. a, this is a way to also teach the point that just because you have chemistry with somebody doesn't mean you should be together. And just because you have those desires doesn't mean you have to follow through. And also, you know, is it just the time? Is it the timing of something? Cause some, you know, sometimes yeah. you work with somebody for a period and then when that's over, it's over and then they're gone from your life and that's kind of it. And that's okay. Or yeah. your relationship yeah. changes, whatever. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. 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 And like, they could have always had that brother and sister relationship complicated by, um, further, uh, feelings of sexual attraction. That's normal. That's very, 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 very normal to say that. Well, I don't love, I don't really, I'm not really attracted to you because we fight is interesting in of itself. Mm -hmm. they, they, and then the, the reason why they think that they hate each other is because they hate. They realize they they love each other in a different way. Is because they argue all the time about little and pick on each other about little things. Now that would be an annoying relationship to be in period, but that's interesting that that is what uh, rings the bell for them instead of something deeper or uh, more fundamentally incompatible. So it's just, it's that, that's just interesting to me the way that the way they decided to phrase it they could have because it could have gone any direction with it. Um, so all this you know now that we've really have taught this taught this out taught this through I'm really curious how we're going to rank this one. So am I. Uh, this is a low ender for me. This is about a five or four. Is it a four? Yeah. No, I can't. Uh, uh four point five maybe. That's kind of. Uh, I guess it is a 4.5 for me because of the way they handle this, uh, what it means to the girl's friendship. Uh, how, uh, but there's so much good stuff in here. Like, all the bits with Betty, all the actual acting bits are great. There's some fun turns of phrase. Uh, the dating behavior is even funny outside of, you know, the scope of cheating. But the fact, the cheating part of it is just so uncomfortable to watch. Mm -hmm. It's just so uncomfortable to watch play out. If it were done in a time period where Carmine and Shirley clearly weren't seeing each other because Lucille, or he had just broken up with Lucille and he was you know, trying to get over her, maybe that would have worked. I think that would have worked a lot better. Mm -hmm. Maybe she dumps him for a doctor or whatever. That would have been really funny. Mm -hmm. Actually, come to think of it, she dumped him for a doctor. And then, oh, God. Why do they all want doctors? What's wrong with me? That would have been good. That would have been fantastic. God, I, I'm just imagining like that's his, that becomes his bugbear is doctors. And then, you know, yeah. at some yeah. point, like, you know, anytime a doctor ever has to come through the apartment building, like he just kind of glares at them from the stoop, you know, yeah. like this dog yeah. that's like, I yeah. sense, I sense that I should hate you. You smell wrong. You smell like evil. <laughs> <laughs> you smell like antiseptic. You smell like antiseptic and bad ideas. Oh, <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> But this episode poses the ultimate question, is Carmine Grusin with losing your mind over? That's the ultimate question this episode poses. 
And, and now you can that ask that you've... question for yourselves. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, because I hadn't given my ranking 100% yet, I completely now am on the side of it's a four and a half because of that question. Yeah. Is he worth going crazy? First of all, I don't think really anybody's worth, you know, like I might facetiously say some people are, but given the, some of the seriousness that this episode sort of skirts with, I would yeah. say no. I'd yeah, say, yeah. yeah. Before we close this out, I did want to mention we have opening credits changes for season five and closing credit changes for season five. Even though uh, the show, you know, is going to move coasts next season. So this is kind of a waste of time and money. But we get a new closet and opening door sequence with the girls. They refilmed Laverne losing control of all those mugs of beers. And the pizza sequence with Frank and Edna. And there's a new insert scene of Edna and Carmine dancing while Frank watches them. That's all notable. All of which are horrendously staged, in my opinion. <laughs> I I don't know if they were rushed. I don't know if it was a, you know, somebody just had to get the shots. I don't know. I don't know what happened here. Except for the new closet scene, which uh, also quick shout out to Laverne's orange dreamsicle uh, dress. It's like a side. Aside from that, I don't like them. the The film stock looks great, but I just I don't like them. I I look at them with with much suspicion. I I no 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 no. The pizza no. I don't like it. No. (laughs) The pizza bit uh, doesn't bother me. Uh, I don't mind uh, the door sequence at all. What bugs me is the blocking on the uh, Edna and Carmine shot because you can, yeah, that, it doesn't yeah. put enough emphasis on Frank. Frank's just kind of there. And why the heck is he just sitting there watching them dance? What the heck's going on? Yeah. See, what if he was chore- what if Carmine was choreographing them dancing together? He was giving them a lesson. See, that's cute. That's yeah. sweet. And it, it yeah, engages it all three of the, the yeah, it it brings all the characters together. I also found it so weird how empty and dark the place looks. Like it really yeah. feels like a weird pickup shot or like a camera test or something. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, and the end credits. Phil and Eddie share an end title slate. Betty shares one, gets one of all of her own, and uh, Michael and David get an updated one. Nice. And that's all new. It's the first time the three of them get billing, and it's an updated uh, one for David and Michael. And David and Michael get billed in between uh, Betty and Phil and Eddie. So they move them a little pack. We'll see when season six rolls around how that will change. Season six, season seven will bring some changes. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I yeah, guess so we're now... Is- no, go ahead. Not a necessary episode, but you know, there's some fun jokes. There's some okay yeah. jokes. It's it's not the offensive horror that for us that is like you know bully show, date with a racer head, yeah. you know yeah. those sort of kind of episodes that just. Ugh. But yeah, or um, uh, Shirley and the Other Man was another one for me that yeah. like yeah, uh, yeah, so much of that one doesn't work. Ugh. So yeah, it's it's you know it's like I won't turn it off if it's on, but I don't want to like you know like I'll probably skip this on rewatches would be my thinking. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you know, so for folks out there listening, we actually uh, took a bit of a break for recording. So this is our first recording session in about four months, actually, like proper recording session for this. And um, so we just uh, wanted to let you folks kind of a little quick reminder, you know, we're changing the format up a little bit 
and we'll have actually probably decided if we like it by the time this episode has come up but if uh hopefully it is working for you and uh we will be seeing how things go in the future but i think that uh, does that cover it for today yeah i think it does nice all right well, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. If uh, if you would like to know more, please join us at Night F Night PC on Twitter or Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, and Patreon. Which, speaking of, uh, as of this recording in April of 2021, we have two patrons at the moment, and we would like to give them a very special, lovely shout out that is actually recorded in the episode. It is not a loop that we had to like mad dash to put it put into the episode. Yes, yes, that is a little hot. That isn't how the sauce is made, sort of thing. But whatever, we're just gonna go with it. Yes. Um, yeah, shout out to y'all. Yeah, but we we love we love you so much. We we are so appreciative, and um, any any sort of support is just incredibly appreciated. And and we just you know, it's our our opinions and our dumb little opinions and the work we put into this and and all that is it may yeah. it means the world to us. So thank you. Yep 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 yep. And yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, I was I was going to move us into the next segment. You you probably have more yes. to say. Yeah. I didn't have anything else. I was going to mention that joke about Laverne saying that her dads were bigger. She could probably fit into the into the dues, but her her dads were bigger. That's what I actually thought of as you were going through that, and that's popped into my head that I wanted to reference that. That made me laugh. <laughs> that joke. Aww. That joke made me laugh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There, there, there are some good laughs in this episode. It's just, it's all. Uh... It's, you know, yeah. it, you know what? Your mileage may vary. We know we know a couple of folks that are actually pretty fond of this episode. And my reaction yes. to it when I initially watched it caused a little it'll be ancient history, ancient Twitter history by the time this comes out. So you just it was a little kerfluffle. Yeah. So we hope, yeah. there, you know, by the time this comes up, I hope there's no hard feelings because, you know, it's complicated yeah. and we all have our opinions yeah. and, every, and our, our opinions about the show are valid as long as it's not hurting anybody. Yes, yes. We don't mean to be hurt, mean or hurtful or anything like that cool yeah anyway, cool anyway so what's uh like uh what's our next episode man i don't know california boy um <laughs> in our next episode the girls get jealous of everybody else's columbus day weekend plans so they decide to go run off to a fat farm and become ca- become counselors but a lot of suffering awaits them in fat city holiday noise well so Okay, this one, as an overweight person, this one's going to get interesting. Yeah, yeah, same and yeah. Same and yeah, is all I gotta say. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Well, again, your mileage may vary. Please join us again next time and maybe, just maybe, you know, you know what, in defiance of what the next episode is about, I'm going to go get a cookie yeah. after we're done recording this well, episode. Enjoy your cookies, uh, pet your schnoodles, and uh, watch for your dads. 